0: and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Uh, Oh, sorry.
1: It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
0: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you. And I know it's because you care. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and a huge welcome to this week's episode of Gina Gardner and Friends. Today, I'm joined by Lynn Kirkham. You know, I bring to you a huge array of guests, and I'm very excited about sharing this guest with you. She's the founder of Yes, You Can Speak. She has a superpower, and that's to help fearful, shy, and introverted people find their voice when it really matters and the stakes are high. And not surprisingly, our theme is going to be around finding your voice. So Lynn, a huge welcome. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Gina. Thank you. Before we get started, can you just give people a little bit of backstory how you've come to be doing this um, and why it's so important to you?
1: Yes, absolutely. I spent my life shy. My mom, I remember when I was four or five, six years old, I used to hide behind her leg and even if our neighbor came by uh, on the street to say hi, who I loved, I would still hide because I was so shy. And then she used to rub my head, the top of my head, and just kept saying, She's so shy. She's so shy. She's so shy. And it became my identity. Be- being shy was like more a part of me than actually having a voice. And I remember when I was in college. Public speaking was one of the requirements so that I could graduate from business school. And as soon as I found that out, I ran to my counselor and I just said, I can't do it. There's just no way. You have to make an exception for me. And she did. She made an exception so I could take interpersonal communication instead. And, I, and so I graduated, thank goodness. And I remember telling my fellow students that they couldn't have paid me a million dollars to take the public speaking class because I was that afraid. I got into business. I worked for Hewlett Packard after college and I used to pay people to speak for me. Like it was part of my job and I couldn't do it. And so never in a million years did I think that um, I would be actually
0: teaching people how to find their voice. You know, there's a real strength though, isn't there? If you have something that you really struggle with and you overcome it and you find a way forward you're really well placed to help other people uh, sometimes you know people go those who are the ultimate masters in whatever they want to learn and if you say to a master how do you do it they often say i don't know i just do where somebody who's had to go through step by step by step can actually support other people, I think, in a a very different and perhaps more practical way. But before we go on, one of the things I want to say is, if you're a parent out there, or even if you're a boss, how often we install these beliefs about ourselves and how easily that becomes your identity, I'm reminded as a, a principal or head teacher, how often parents would say, just like me, no good at maths. And I'd say to them, you may not be as good, good at maths, but actually it's our job to find the key to teach them. So don't listen to your mom, you're not not good at maths. We just haven't found the right way to help you yet. Because I, I was so keen for those children to stand on their own feet. And we did find a way to help them. Um, We just didn't always find the same way to help them. But so there you are, you're paying people to speak for you. What made the difference? You know,
1: oh gosh, I knew, well, I had some deep-seated doubt, self-doubt, right? Mm -hmm. So much self-doubt, so much impossible syndrome. um, I just did not believe in myself. And I realized that in those moments when I did believe in myself, that something would ignite inside of me and I would push through, I would persevere and I would win. And I spent most of my life doubting myself and keeping my vibration low and keeping instead of spiraling up, I was spiraling kind of in place or down, right? I would go up and down, but it wasn't these great leaps. And so I really realized that it's our psychology, number one, that matters and how we view ourselves really matters. I happened to have a mom that was very emotional and very critical. Um, And I spent... You know, a lot of time thinking, hmm, how did I get lucky? It's lucky to have a mom like that, right? That I couldn't really talk to, that wouldn't listen to me, um, and and I realized that that the way she was with me, even though she loved me and still does very, very, very much, um, her way of parenting was just hard. And, and I didn't feel seen or heard and that instilled some beliefs in myself. And so I knew that I needed to let go of the, get, let go of the trauma, let go of painful events around my mom and not being seen or heard or valued. And, and once I did that, I was actually able to speak. It was pretty remarkable. Um, Yeah. So I had to let go of the trauma or the fear of not being good enough for, for somebody if I were to be in front, that, that I wouldn't be judged
0: negatively. So that was the first step. I'm sure your your story resonates with lots of people that, you know, that what goes on in our childhood and the meaning that we make of it, because so often parents are well-intentioned in their being critical. They want you to, to do well. They want you to do better than them but they're clumsy about doing it and so children take meaning from it rather than, um, than recognizing that actually children don't come with a manual and the parents doing the best that they can and their intentions are good but it's not worked out that way. So we're going to go for a short break but when we come back what I'd like to examine with you is you you've talked about you let uh, you let go of the trauma you let go of that all of that um belief about yourself not being good enough being an imposter but i'd like to just explore how you help people do the same so this is something that i think most people have times when they lack self-worth some people lack worth, self-worth all of the time um so don't go away, this is really valuable stuff, not only for you, but how you treat other people. So we'll be back in just a minute. Uh, Miss Stevens, I just wiped malware off our system. People have got to stop clicking unsolicited email links and downloading free software
1: unless it's from a trusted source. That's great. We need a data backup plan in a separate location in case we get hacked. We need to focus on making profits, not spending them.
0: Learn to protect yourself from
1: ransomware. If you become a victim, contact your local FBI office.
0: 300 million years ago, there was no Africa, Asia, Americas, or Europe. Just one big supercontinent. And today there is still a force connecting those divided by distance, reversing millions of years of rifting, making far feel close, bringing there to here. Turkish Airlines. Welcome back. Lynn we've been talking about you know your story and how you've gone from somebody who's shy and introverted to someone who's confident not only to speak for themselves but to help other people do the, t- the same. So what are the, the from your journey What are the things that you do to help people? What are the things that intrinsically make that shift from being so shy that you managed to convince your college to not make you do something which is actually part of the course, Because that was so difficult to you, to somebody who now could run the course that you were so frightened of. Right.
1: Right. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it feels like a miracle. And, and what's wonderful is that I believe that if I can do it, that anybody could Right? that. Wow. Um, How did I do it in the process of wanting to let go of the trauma around my mom? I created a, a modality called the core repatterning technique core repatterning and and essentially we identify where the trauma or that painful event or that that i'm not good enough belief is located in the body um because it's not just in our brain i wish things were just in our brain and then we could think them away but for some reason they just keep coming back and back and back as you know um and so i i I realized that, you know, we, we do create a pain body as Eckhart Tolle talks about in the power of now that we create a pain body every single time we are traumatized in some way it's in the body, it's in ourselves. And so I've created a way to go into that pain body, which he says is so important, but I feel for me, it was impossible to do. Um, let me just back up and just say, when when he said, if, if you can just be with the pain body long enough, it will dissolve, the trauma will dissolve. And I tried that and I couldn't be with it long enough because my conscious mind was just like, I don't want to stay there. You know, it's just too uncomfortable. And so I created a way to mm, take people into an expanded state of awareness, number one, get out of the thinking mind, go into the body, Um, where they feel the trauma, and then give it voice in a very specific way, voice that maybe you swallowed. Like I know that I swallowed so much of my voice when I was with my mom because she couldn't hear it, right? Or she would just make me wrong. And so we tend to swallow the words that we need to say. And, And then we tend not to just shake off a hurtful experience instead we just ruminate over it and it gets lodged deeper and deeper so essentially in four sessions four 90 minute sessions we can let go of a lifetime's worth of trauma which sounds crazy fast but it really really
0: works you know one of the things i think that often people assume that trauma has to be big stuff Mm you know, uh, and I've had guests on here who have dealt with what I call the big traumas, you know, life-changing accidents, uh, abuse, um, you know, really very, nobody could deny that they were traumatic. And yet you, you talk about trauma and my taking the meaning of that is each time that we have a hurt and that can be, uh, an unkind word it can be that somebody doesn't see us it can be that we feel uh, that we're not part of a group and i think if you're listening to this i don't want to overstate those things but if you are consistently in receipt of those hurts they build and i've known people who go into what i call comparatonitis. well you know my traumas is much worse than your trauma what are you moaning about because you know mine was more painful and more this and all that but actually it's what meaning we make of it that's important isn't it it's everything right it's it's
1: the meaning that we make and the emotion that's tied to the event right so the the more emotional you are about something i mean it it, it can be a little t or a big t right? It just doesn't matter. Like it could just be my mom leaving the room and plugging her ears saying, la 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 la, I don't want to, I don't want to hear your side of the story. It's my way or the highway, or it could be, um, you know, somebody being severely beaten, right? Or emotionally abused. Um, It's, it's all trauma. And it, it seems that, you know, the shyer we are, the more sensitive we are. Yeah. You know the the more introverted we are we just feel more so we don't need somebody to yell at us to get the message we just need the look or just one or two words um even in a kind way and we'll get it because you know deep down especially as kids we want to please we want our parents to be happy we we just do that's
0: how we're we're programmed we certainly want people to love us and appreciate us you know, and I would say to you that I know with, uh, that those who are shy and introverted, they deal with trauma um, and the feelings in one way. But also, I recognise that many people who appear very extrovert are often using that as a, a a barrier to dealing with their feelings. You've only got to look at how many comedians, for example, have the public persona of being very hearty and, and how you think of Robin Williams, you know, uh, but deep down, they are hurting and they use their extrovert persona to cover things up. That is so true. Very, very true. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind, that particularly looking at my own life and also the number of people that I've worked with is that I think people are afraid of what they see as negative emotions. And so they bury them. Uh, I liken it, um, and people have heard me say this before, you know, I think of them as the dragon in the box. And you put them in the box and you put the lid on it and the energy it takes to keep the lid on. And then every now and again, the dragon escapes and fights like fury because doesn't want to go back in the box. Whereas if you are able to acknowledge that you're hurting or whatever that negative emotion is, it's got a lesson. It's got a message for you. And I wonder in terms of your healing modality, um, you what opportunities there are, are, are created, not just to heal, but to learn from what's gone on.
1: Mm. Yeah. I love the dragon in the box. Uh, metaphor that's so perfect oh and sometimes it breathes fire (laughs) it does it does and you know i just i think about in corporate life for example um you know there's you might be be on a team and there's you know one person in the team who breathes that fire and it really um impacts the rest of the team and Usually it's because of past trauma that has not been resolved. You know, it hasn't been processed out that causes that person to be triggered, emotionally triggered. And then they react in the only way they know how the way that their brain is programmed to react, which isn't always the best for the whole. And so, I work with a lot of corporations actually who will send their problem, you know, the people who are are creating more havoc than they would okay. like. Okay. To have the the lifetime cleared of of the unprocessed emotion so that they can listen, they can be present, they can um not react. Okay. But really have higher emotional intelligence.
0: We're going to go uh, to a short break, but we've still got plenty to come. So please don't go away. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I was just going to drive home. Ah, ah, ah. There are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio?
1: Oh, man. The selfies.
0: Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not OK to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig. Come on, man, let's put a ride home. Welcome back. We are talking about finding your voice. So I know that many people feel that public speaking is akin to those terrible dreams where you are exposed naked on the stage with all of those people watching. Bearing in mind that that you're talking about healing trauma, is any of your work actually about then helping people um, to to fi- not only feel ready to find their voice, but actually to start using their voice? And what would you say to our listeners? You know, what are the practical things that they could perhaps take on board? Oh my gosh, yes,
1: yes. I think it's it's a two step process. So there's the uh, the very personal process of letting go of your life experiences that have created your subconscious mind to react the way it does and then it's super important to have my students get into a group program that's really really safe and supportive um right now I've got I've got a an irresistible public speaking class going on and we're right in the middle of it and there's 25 people and instead of videotaping and critiquing in front of the group um we build on strengths every single time they're together. We are together. We, they have uh, three or four opportunities to speak or to be in front, be in the spotlight in a certain way. And it's always very positive and life affirming. And instead of being critiqued because we have this program where we're we're afraid to be in front because we're afraid we're going to be judged and if in the traditional style of public speaking training where you you know you get recorded and and you get critiqued then that that perception becomes even more ingrained and so we unwind all of that by by helping people see themselves in a very different way number one and then every single time they are in front of a group and it's it's small groups not They don't have to speak in front of the large group, but small groups that we build on their strengths, their natural strengths. Are they genuine? Are they real? Are they magnetic? Are they friendly? Are they open-hearted? Are they connected? And so I teach people how to connect with their heart, how to connect with their highest and best self, and then stay connected with the audience. So the words just flow through them. They don't need to script. They don't need to memorize, and they can just plug in, essentially, plug into their genius, plug into their commitment, plug into their knowing, and then the words just come through that the audience is is wanting to hear so that they can move them.
0: You know, I, I, I would see this in two different ways. One is about finding your voice and being able to talk Um, in a one-to-one basis or in front of a small group and then there's the whole issue of public speaking to a a large group which I think has a very different um, feel and there are different techniques and and so on that are needed but I think you know when people we talk about people being able to find and use their voice for me I think it starts with being able to be authentically who you are and to speak your truth and i think there are so many people who avoid speaking their truth because first and foremost they don't want to any confrontation and i think they make a huge mistake in assuming that that confronting the e- issue means being confrontational because for me the, there's never a need to be confrontational but actually having a voice and and being able to calmly say to people you know that i don't agree or how you're behaving is making me feel uncomfortable or you know i don't think that you're being fair to me uh, and they leave it and they leave it and they leave it until then they just can't hold on to it anymore and then either they withdraw completely or there's a big row because they blurt it out in a way that the other person can't hear uh, and it becomes very reactive and quite toxic. And so if we just focus on you know, being able to speak your truth and you know, I believe you know, the connection um, that we create with our inner wisdom and with source is so important. But if there are people who are out here who have got challenging parents, for example, or a challenging partner, or teenagers, and they want to be able to speak their truth, what advice have you got for them? Mm. I think the biggest thing is
1: to ground, like to get, mm, to try to be out of your head and more in your heart, and to open your heart to the person that you need to speak to. And before doing that, if instead of going around and around and around in circles around how upset you are, how disappointed you are, instead making a list of 10 things that you're grateful for about that person. What are 10 things that that you like about them, that you appreciate about them? And what that'll do is it'll help them to open their heart and see them as a human human to human. And what's true, what I found is true is that when our heart is closed, our guard is usually up and then we're in our head and other people will misinterpret what it is that we're trying to say. So the first and foremost is take some deep breaths into your belly. You know, just three long, deep breaths with the exhale longer than the inhale. will put us from sympathetic, which is that fear, or fight or flight mode to parasympathetic, which is calm and and more connected. And so I think that's number one. Um, Number two is I have a lot of my students do some mirror work, which I have a feeling you know about, um, probably a lot about. Just looking in your own eyes in the mirror and connecting with your heart, with that bigger place inside of you, and just affirming that you are good enough and that this conversation is going to go well and that you've got this and it's going to be a win win will really help calm your nervous system as well.
0: Yeah. Deep breathing is so important, isn't it? It takes you from left brain catastrophizing into right brain solution finding. Um, you know, And I would say to people that, that if you've got a tricky conversation to have, then take some time to think about what is the outcome you want out of it? And if the outcome is that you want to be seen to be right, recognize that in doing so, you've got to make somebody else wrong. Whereas if you go into a conversation with the intention that you'd like to find a way forward that works for both of you, you're going to get a very different outcome. It's been a real joy to have you. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been great. And I know you've got a very generous offer to uh, our listeners.
1: Yeah. So if you're curious about what it would take to find your voice and if you'd like 45 minutes of me coaching you um, complimentary, I'd be happy to do that. So you could go to my website and just book a speaker breakthrough call for free. And we can identify the root cause of why is it that you're shutting yourself down? And I'll give you some tools to help you become confident right away and create a plan to get you speaking the way in a way that would make you proud.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much for listening. Um, to contact me, it's Gina, G-I-N-A, at Gina Gardener with an I, and friends. Love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think about the show. Any questions? And if you'd like to um, explore working with me, then please email me. Take care, and I look forward to seeing you on the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.